0: Hello, Mama. This is episode four of Reaching Abundance. And today I'm going to share with you 12 habits we implemented in our lives that created momentum with our money in hopes that you'll identify a couple that you'd like to implement and that you'll understand how these habits can get the ball rolling in your life too. My intention is that hearing about these habits how they've created momentum in my life and my thought process around them inspires you to be thoughtful in this same way. If you can just implement one or two of these habits and begin to feel the positive effects in a day or two, just imagine how different you could feel a year from now. And I invite you to dream about how that effect is exponential as time continues to move forward. Abundance is possible for all of us, no matter where you are. Welcome to the Reaching Abundance podcast, where your host, Virginia Elder, shares helpful guidance for moms around positive mindset, creating simplicity, practicing true self-care, and most of all, money management. Her financial journey toward a better life blossomed into an insatiable desire for overall happiness and abundance. Hang out with her right here each week, while she ditches the taboos around women and money, shares resources, educates, and financially empowers all the mamas. All right, thank you for being here with me today. I'm Virginia, and I'm so ready to share these momentum-creating habits with you. As I go through this episode and share with you what I do and how I've made the best use of these habits in my life, I want you to think critically about which of these would most improve your life. The best way to start making changes and to implement only one or two things at a time. You get those items working like a well-oiled machine and then, and only then, do you add more. In addition, the best approach to create momentum is to pick out the things that are easiest to implement, but may have the largest impact on your life right now. There's a balance to find here. Remember, I'm here to empower you. You can create a less chaotic, more abundant life just like I have if you take baby steps and allow yourself to practice those baby steps over time. There are times when I bust the budget, don't manage my time well, or whatever, and things feel chaotic as a result of my mistake. There are days and weeks where I still feel like things are crashing down around me. I'm not perfect, but guess what? I'll try again tomorrow. Right now, I want you to picture what an abundant future means for you and your family. And I want you to take a deep breath and fully realize and absorb what enormous power you have in creating that picturesque, abundant future life. Okay, so first things first, Mama, something that we implemented out of necessity during the time when we were broke as a joke was to only buy what we need when we need it. Of course, at that time, it was because we literally didn't have an extra $20 to spare for anything that wasn't an immediate necessity. But the habit stuck with us because we began to see that we didn't need to buy things ahead of time. In this day and age, everything we could possibly need is at the click of a button or at the store sitting on a fully stocked shelf less than a mile away. I started to look at my purchases with a critical eye and simultaneously look at the abundance we have around us. The realization that I don't need to just buy things for the sake of having them in my home, just that thought alone created so much space and therefore abundance in my life. Everything we need is readily accessible, so it didn't make sense to me any longer to spend money on things that I wouldn't need for a week or two, or a month, or even a few months. I started looking at my purchases and deciding if I was really going to use that item or need that thing this week or this coming weekend, and if not, I didn't buy it. For the most part, Things that we mamas spend money on are still going to be at the store two weeks from now. It won't make a difference. So why would I spend money on something today when I could just buy it closer to the time when I would actually need it? This logic can be used with food, home goods, clothing, workout gear, anything. If I have a little project I want to do around the house maybe like a table I want to paint and I happen to be grocery shopping at one of the big box stores, it's likely that I will find myself distracted from my grocery shopping trip and browsing in the houseware section thinking about this project that I wanted to do. So for one, I don't go to those big everything's under one roof stores anymore for this exact reason. But for two, it's really helped me just to catch myself in this pattern, stop, and think about it. Okay, yes, I want to do this project, but do I have time to do it this week or this weekend? If I buy this paint and this sander right now, do I have time? And am I actually going to do this project soon? Or am I going to do it in two weeks? Depending on the answer to the urgency of my purchase is how I decide if I'm going to make that purchase right now. A couple of positive benefits that naturally occur when you postpone purchases that aren't an immediate need are that you have time to evaluate how badly you actually want to buy that thing. And you have time to look for a deal, comparison shop, or find a coupon. I can't tell you how many times I've postponed a purchase, only to find that I don't even want the thing, or I decided not to do the project a week or two later. Can you imagine how much money I've saved and how happy that makes me? The next habit that has been extremely helpful to us is not pulling out extra money. This means when we decide we need some cash for something, we only pull out the exact amount of cash we need for that item or that event. We quit going to the ATM with the angle like, well, I wanted $100 for this weekend, but I'll pull out $140 just in case. No, just no. We have begun to decide exactly what we need and we only set aside or pull out that exact amount for the item for which it's intended. I've noticed that any time I move a little bit of extra money or pull out a little bit of extra cash or set aside a cushion, that amount always gets spent and I could not tell you where it went. Any amount of unlabeled, unallocated extra just disappears every single time. So if my husband wants 40 bucks for this event he's going to, that's fine. I get him $40. I don't pull out anything extra and I practice the same thing for myself. If I want $20 for lunch dates with my girlfriends this week, I pull out $20. This goes back to budgeting and requires very clear intention with our money. I decided I didn't like the feeling I had when my money disappeared. Why would I willingly sign up for something in which My cash just ghosts on me. You wouldn't, would you? So I started thinking, why do we repeat this behavior of allowing ourselves a cushion or some extra cash if it just disappears every time? We started maintaining a clear plan, knowing ahead of time what we plan to do with that money. Creating a zero-based budget solved this issue for us. Every bit of income is clearly designated for a purpose in our budgeting app. Whether that plan is to allocate that dollar to savings or to spend it or whether it's for the mortgage or kids activities or whatever, every single dollar has a plan that goes with it. With zero-based budgeting, there's no possible allotment for freebie money unless you actually make that a category. This leads perfectly into the next thing because the next habit I want to share with you that created momentum for us big time, it really did make the biggest impact on our financial lives, was budgeting. I get the impression that nobody wants to budget because they believe that budget is restriction. I have a completely different perspective because since we started budgeting, So much of the guilt and fear that I had any time I spent money has disappeared. When you create a budget, you're labeling specific dollar amounts that are allowed to be spent on certain things. So when you go to Target for some new mom clothes and you have budgeted $100, you know completely guilt-free That you're allowed to spend that $100 on yourself. Budgeting has provided our family not only a clear financial picture and has provided structure for us, but it's allowed us to spend freely within the limit per category. In years prior, especially before kids, I thought I was budgeting. What I was really doing was just importing our transactions and making sure things came through correctly, which I've now learned is called tracking. I would notice if we had been spending too much money, maybe going out to eat too often, or I would definitely notice if it would be tough to pay off our credit card that month. But we were not setting parameters and categories ahead of time in which we would feel free to spend. Once I started budgeting, that really showed me a true picture of what we could and could not spend, how much we had allotted in each category. And I could clearly see when I did need to buy something in a certain category, that there was money already set aside for that. So I knew that I could buy what I needed without feeling guilty about it. That to me, was so freaking amazing because every shopping trip I'd ever had in my life, whether it was groceries or clothes or whatever, I would spend money and then instantly question if I had spent too much, begin feeling guilty about spending the money, and questioning if I should need to return the purchase. Now, with the budget, we use YNAB. I'll drop you a link in the show notes so you can sign up if you want to, but the lines are clear. I know how to stay in my lane, and there's no question if I'm inside or outside my lane. Whether you want to hear it or not, budgeting has probably been the biggest habit that has made a difference in our lives. You can choose to create a different name for it. Maybe you want to call it a spending plan or some creative name. Whatever makes you feel better. If you have to do that, it's fine. But I will tell you that practicing budgeting consistently and tweaking it and trying over and over again, even after having months of failed, broken budgets, that budgeting is the thing that made the greatest difference for us over the past five to seven years and really created momentum in our lives as far as paying off debt and building savings. Okay, so the next habit I want to share with you is kind of like budgeting, but it's as far as budgeting your time, your food, your schedule, your kids' activities, your life. You need a plan. This doesn't have to be complicated. I'm a list maker. I make to-do lists, grocery lists, meal plans, which is basically a list of what dinner we're having each night of the week. We have lists of birthday parties we're attending this month and What do you think a soccer schedule is? It's a list of the games and the time and place at which they occur. Planning well overall is an excellent momentum creating habit. For our family, that looks like me sitting down with my phone, the computer, and my calendar planner at least once a week. I enter upcoming events into Cozy. That's the calendar app we use, and I'll drop a link in the show notes for you. I create lists, and then I follow the plan. I usually begin looking at the week ahead on Thursday or Friday, planning ahead of time where we're going, what activities we have at what time, and what we need to bring with us, whether it be a soccer game or a birthday party, when we're going out to eat, and what meal that would be, and if we need to bring a book or something to keep the kids occupied. Planning ahead is what really has created peace and happiness in our lives because the Hubs and I are able to talk about our expectations ahead of time. This does a few things for us. It gets everyone on the same page to where we all have the same idea as to how the time we're spending together is going to go. Everyone's able to enjoy this time together now because No one thought we were going to do this thing first. No one's confused about why we didn't go here or there, how much we're spending, where we're going, how long it will be. Everything has been discussed. And I'm not saying you have to micromanage your family, but in general, if you create plans for your day, for your meals, for your grocery trip, whatever, you'll feel more satisfied at the end of that day or that trip or that weekend. When I create a plan, no matter what it's for, and then I take action and stick to that plan, I'm happier when it's all said and done. This prevents me from feeling like I didn't get enough accomplished, making repeated trips to the store, and it prevents me from missing out on time with my kids. If I plan a list of activities and a time frame in which I need to do them, then when that window is over, I'm free to play soccer in the front yard, go swimming with my kids, take them to the park, just enjoy things. That's the ultimate benefit to creating a plan, being able to get what you need to accomplished and then having clear cut time to be with and enjoy the ones you love. The next habit that I'll share that has been extremely useful to our family is communication. It sounds so simple, and I'm sure you've heard it a million times. Communication is key. But I want to share with you how we've implemented communication in our family and what it's done for us. Very similarly to planning and budgeting, it's just as important for me to communicate that plan and to have feedback and input on that plan that I created. It's important to me that the hubs and I are on the same page, so that we're a united front and there's no confusion for the kids because we're both telling them the same thing. Let's say we didn't plan ahead for the weekend and we're just waking up on Saturday morning. If I have a plan in my head as to what we're doing on Saturday versus Sunday and I don't say anything to my husband, he's also got other plans in his head that I don't know about. So, If we don't come together and communicate about what each of us expects for the weekend, we're going to experience conflict right there, first thing on Saturday morning. That sets the tone for the day, maybe the whole weekend, and it puts us all in a bad mood. The kids can feel the tension, which is the opposite of what I want. So not communicating just basically sabotages all the good vibes I've been working on creating. On the flip side, think about if it were Friday and we began to talk about the upcoming weekend and what all is on the schedule. We can both ruminate on what we expect and the order in which we want things to happen. We're able to have a calm, brief discussion about what we each want to do on Saturday versus Sunday. Communication about our wants and our expectations to each other is happening happening so that we, the weekend goes smoothly for all of us. The same thing applies whether it be money, the kids' schedule, the upcoming weeknight activities, and even dinner plans. On Sunday, we start to talk about the week ahead. If we have a parent-teacher conference or who's going to do what as far as getting the kids to soccer practice, we discuss the nights that we're having dinner at home versus dinner on the go. We start to loosely plan these things verbally so that we both have a clear expectation of what's going on during the week. For some families, communicating about money may be a weekly sit-down where you talk about the budget in a family meeting. For us, my husband could not care less about the money, and I tend to handle all of that. So we actually don't adhere to the traditional family financial management advice. I tried that especially when we did have a lot of debt. And I found out that having a money meeting just created more tension and more money fights because he just didn't want to hear about it. So I learned that just doesn't work for us. We decided we're both much happier if he has responsibilities that he takes care of for the family and for the house and that I take care of the money and other big decisions. If I was ever to make a large purchase, want to refinance the house or change something big like life insurance policies, we definitely talk about it. But you just have to find out what level of communication and how often that works best for your family and then implement that consistent habit. Another thing that has made a huge difference in my anxiety about money is the act of actually logging into your accounts and seeing the big picture fairly often. I've mentioned before that we use Mint. Find something that works for you, whether that be an app or a spreadsheet that you create, where you can log in and see your entire financial picture on one page. How often I log in has really made a big change for us. I know that before we hit our financial rock bottom, I had been ignoring the numbers and avoiding logging in just because I knew it was bad. I just knew our credit cards were building balances and that those balances were getting scary high. And I would just prefer not to look at it. So let me ask you, When was the last time you ignored something and how did that work out for you? If you ignore a cavity instead of getting a filling, you wind up with a root canal. If you ignore a conflict with a friend, instead of having a conversation about the issue, it turns into a full-blown fight. Just the same as we shouldn't let things fester in any other area of our lives, Letting your money problems fester is equally a terrible idea. So when we were in debt up to our eyeballs, I set up Mint and YNAB and I finally faced reality. When I was able to see everything on one screen, it was definitely like a come to Jesus moment. I knew it was time to face the music, look at the real numbers and do whatever it took to fix the situation. I began to implement a habit of logging in and looking at our finances. Of course, at first, it was out of desperation. So I was probably logging in to check things every day because things were just that tight. But as we slowly paid off debt and created a not-so-tight budget, I would log in each week. Now, six-ish years later... These habits have been ingrained in me and we budget and we are in a much different position. So I'll log in once or twice a month. Creating that habit and that time where I have a space on my calendar in a time block that says personal finance, where I can log in and look at things and see a holistic view of what our money is doing. That habit of logging in often and just staying aware has been extremely impactful because I'm never confused about where our money is, how much we have in a certain account, or how much we're contributing to retirement. I'm never unsure of how we're doing because I've built this consistent habit of logging in and having that reality check with the numbers. And to me, that clarity and confidence knowing our complete financial picture is comforting and reassuring. So even if you are someone who dreads looking at numbers, establishing a habit of looking at them and training yourself to do so consistently over time will actually lead to a sense of comfort later on, and you'll be proud that you did it. The next momentum-forming habit, and this was huge for my sanity, is automation. I took account of everything that I do, whether that be daily, weekly, or monthly, and if there was anything that was just a simple, repeatable step, I looked into automating it. There was definitely a point when I was managing two kids under two, my career, and the household. I felt like my brain was at max capacity and like if one more thing entered onto my radar or on my to-do list, that I was just going to go nuts. Of course, that wasn't a sustainable, pleasant way to operate, and I knew I had to clear what I could off my plate. I set up automatic payments on all our utilities, our insurance premiums, and even the minimum payments on our credit cards. If everything just got paid automatically... I would no longer fear late fees, missed payments, or needing to look at last month's transactions to make sure I wasn't missing anything for this month. At that time, I was juggling so many balls in the air, one misstep could lead to catastrophe for our personal finances. So, a main way I handled things was automation. Once all the bills were automated, I could have free brain space to think about which card I wanted to pay off first, and I could manually log in and pay, in addition to that automatic minimum payment, the amount that we'd budgeted. This took a lot of the pressure off. Since then, this automation thing worked so well and freed me up so much that I still have our house payment, our utilities, our insurance, and even daycare payments automated. And I love it. I've continued to look for ways to automate other portions of my life ever since. And I highly recommend you do the same. So, as we speak about gaining momentum with finances, I'm sure savings comes to mind, right? Building savings is a huge goal for most people. In addition to automation, I created the habit of having one savings account Per savings goal. Back when, we only had one savings account, and it never occurred to me that I could have more. They hardly earn anything in interest anyway, so that part isn't even a consideration. The thing was, with one savings account, we'd see the balance building, and we'd always have an eye out for what we could buy with that. Even if the intention was that that savings account was for an emergency, we could come up with something for the kitchen or some cool vacation or whatever to spend it on. That single savings account was just a cookie jar to us, and there weren't solid enough rules as to when we could or couldn't get our hands in there. When I started opening different savings accounts for each different goal or purpose, the lines became really clear to me. This account was for the kid's birthday bash. This account is for our next new car. This one is for Christmas. This one is our emergency fund. Did you know that you can have as many savings accounts as you want? Now, when an event comes around, I don't stress about the funds because I've intentionally set aside money for that all year long. So now I book the kid's birthday party, for example. I buy the cakes and order the Chick-fil-A nuggets and all of that. And then I just transfer the savings from that birthday account into my checking. Boom, it's all paid for and it doesn't affect this month's cash budget one tiny bit. It's beautiful. As a side note, automation plays into this too. Because in our budget, every month, money gets automatically pulled into each savings account in different designated amounts like clockwork. So guess what? That birthday bash is going to be fully funded again next year when things come around. Amazing, right? Okay, so something you might not think about as a financial momentum creating habit because It's not in the same category as budgeting or automation or savings, but I'm going to tell you how it does relate, is decluttering. I mean it. Decluttering, as in cleaning out your closets, garage, and living space. Creating a habit of decluttering your home allows you to get rid of junk. One man's trash is another man's treasure, right? So you get to sell or donate anything that you don't use and someone else who needs it or wants it can benefit. It's a total win-win. Plus, I started to learn how much clutter is directly tied to stress levels, especially in women. I started to think, why own things just to own them? If we aren't using something and haven't touched it in a year, we seriously don't need it. Another study showed that eliminating clutter would reduce housework by up to 40%. And who doesn't want less housework? (laughs) Maybe you aren't hoarder status, but I guarantee you there's some space, whether it's a closet or the garage, something that you can clean out. For me, this looked like cleaning out a few junk closets and keeping up with the kids' clothing and toy situation as they grew out of things. As soon as they'd grow out of a certain size of clothing or some baby toys, I'd stage some picks, package up the items, and sell them. For a while there, I was getting $50 per bag of baby clothes, and this really made a difference for our budget. Like I said, things were tight back then, but I was determined that they wouldn't stay that way. I quickly got the bug for selling things we no longer needed and began scouring the house with a skeptical eye for things we weren't using. This act of decluttering not only helped us earn some quick cash while getting rid of stuff we didn't need, but it also completely flipped the way I thought about buying new things. From then on, when I was tempted to buy something new, it didn't matter why. It could have been an outfit for myself, something for the kids, or something for the house, but I'd stop and think about how long it would be before I was turning around that same item on Craigslist. If it wasn't something I saw us loving and using for years to come, it wasn't worth the purchase. Decluttering my home on one end made me a more conscious shopper on the other end, I no longer bought things just because they were on clearance. I quit buying stuff because it kinda was what I wanted. I was able to stop spending money on things that I believed would be a temporary fix. Creating the habit of decluttering helped me transition into the mindset where you spend good money on things that you love. That are ideal for the purpose intended and that are exactly what you were looking for instead of buying cheap crap that was sort of okay. I'd just done all this work to clean out things, get rid of stuff that we were keeping just because. So, why would I buy more stuff just to fill that void? Isn't that counterproductive? I'd noticed how much less I was cleaning up after my kids and how much more I was able to just enjoy them. And I didn't want to go back on that. Hey, Mama. This episode is brought to you by Your Uncluttered Home, an amazing online program built specifically for mothers with young kids who need realistic guidance toward less clutter, more peace and more space for what matters in this mom life this online course is taught by ali cassaza and has helped thousands of women physically clear clutter and create more time to be present for their kids childhood instead of cleaning up after it to check out her online course click the link in the show notes in just three simple steps you'll begin to have a home that is serving you and your family instead of stealing your time and effort away from them, which is why I can't wait for you to try it. From room to room and closet to closet, getting rid of physical bags of stuff did a lot for my mental baggage as well. I wanted to create more space for what mattered, our time together So decluttering became an intentional habit for me, and I never want to reverse that. Another thing that allowed us to enjoy our family more, in addition to changing the way we spent money, is that we decided we don't have to spend money to have fun together. Every outing or every event we attend doesn't have to be something expensive especially with little kids. They don't care how fancy a restaurant is or how prestigious the place is you're going. They just want your attention and to feel safe and loved. We started looking into free options for fun. Parks, rec centers, libraries, museums, community fairs, and events were integral to this shift we realized how many friends we had that had zoo and museum passes that barely used them and would love to have friends prompt them for a trip. A trip to the library with a stop at the park afterward where we could read books in the shade and then feed the ducks became the best thing ever. For once, I felt like I was spending real time with my kids, with space to be quiet together, an opportunity to let them prompt the conversation. The shift from feeling like we had to go to expensive places or have pricey activities lined up not only saved us money, but it totally took the pressure off as far as scheduling and what time Gymboree class was. And I swear my checkbook and I aren't the only ones who enjoyed it more. To see my child's face when they'd ask how ducks swim or why the clouds float overhead is the most amazing experience I could have ever imagined. We suddenly had opportunities to pack picnics together. I can't rave about this enough, honestly. So the next time you are looking to do something or somewhere to go, Take a few extra minutes and look into doing something free together. Maybe you can find a story time at your local library or a pond with ducks, like I mentioned. You may be surprised what you find nearby that you didn't even know was there. Okay, so this next one might crack you up, or maybe it'll be a reality check. I'm not sure, but for me, it was imperative to realize we aren't special. I know, I know, every one of us is told and believes that we are unique and special and that we have unlimited power to do amazing things. And that's true, but when it comes to your money, it helps to believe the opposite. Are you fergalicious? Are you sipping champagne on a jet plane and making enough lettuce to support your shoe fetish? Probably not. The reality is that what's modeled for us in the media and even by pseudo-celebrities isn't reality for us. You and I don't have an income that's in the millions per year. Six figures is something to be proud of, but it's drastically different than millions. So we can't expect to go around wearing the same brands, going on the same types of weekend getaways, and being as fancy as what we hear in music or see on TV. So you might laugh and think, well, I'm not modeling anything from TV. We don't even watch reality TV. Okay, well, maybe. But what are you mimicking off of Instagram? For many of us, Turning it down a notch just looks like splitting lunch with a friend or packing your lunch several days a week. This can save $50 or more per week. Maybe it means having a treat yourself moment once a week instead of every day. It probably means staying the heck off of certain shopping websites and miles away from a mall. Or maybe it means buying the off-brand peanut butter and saving a dollar because it's the same dang thing anyways. We all love to be treated and feel like we deserve things. Entitlement gets us spending more cash than we should though. If you've started to look into your spending and you aren't happy with what you see, take a step back and think about how many purchases were made with the flair of entitlement I used to have a friend who spent money like crazy and man, she loved fancy things, new shoes, handbags, jewelry. And she'd say, girl, I work every day. And she meant it to her. Just showing up to work meant she deserved a reward. She wasn't making big bucks, but she sure acted like it. And her finances suffered because of that behavior. How often are you making a purchase or adding extra onto your purchase because you think you're fancy or you deserve it or because you just want to do what you want? Again, if you budgeted for that and you're still saving and covering everything, then order that Chipotle and the guac. Buy that fancy shoulder bag. But if you're paycheck to paycheck, regardless of how many zeros are behind your salary, It's important to look around and realize that you don't need to spend money like a wannabe celebrity to have a good life. In fact, it's probably just the opposite. When I made this mindset shift in my own life, my personal finances started to completely change. Okay, so realizing that we aren't so special and that we don't need to act like it when it comes to spending Definitely changed our behavior as consumers and created momentum there. The last tip I'll share is not to just blindly pay for things at the price posted. There were so many times when I realized that someone out there is getting a better deal, paying a lower price for the exact product or service that I'm buying. And I started to question, why wouldn't I take five minutes to just look for a coupon 10 minutes to negotiate with the representative on the line, or find an app that gives me a discount or cash back. There was a time when I took things for face value and just blindly paid what I was told. I learned that it's only in the Western portion of the world where negotiating isn't an integral part of the culture. I started to alter my perspective that the least I could do was ask, And at best, the person would answer my questions and give me a discounted rate. At worst, they'd say no. I realized that no wasn't a bad word and that I was okay with someone telling me no. And you know what? I found out I didn't get told no that often. I began noting on the calendar when different service periods are up. Think electricity, car and home insurance, TV and phone providers. When those contracts are nearing their end date, I begin calling around. I search online. I look for deals. I compare insurance rates and see how I can lower my costs. I'm not too good to sit on the phone with some of these companies and ask for a discount. I'm not too good to save $100. Trust me. Paying attention to these contractual cycles and shopping the service providers makes a big difference in our household overhead costs. What that also does is give me peace of mind. When I see that insurance or electricity bill each month, I'm not mad about it. I know that I took the time to shop around and that we're getting the best rate possible in our area. I'm good with that. So doing this once is great. But creating the habit and putting these reoccurring dates on the calendar and shopping these and other agreements each year or every six months is where you really reap the savings. And of course, I highly encourage you to do so. Okay, girl, that was a lot. Did you get all 12 momentum forming habits? I'll list them off quickly for you again. And remember, you can refer to the show notes at reachingabundance.com anytime and snag any of the links I mentioned, info on the programs I talk about, and any of the content I share. So here are the 12 habits that created mega momentum in our lives. One, only buy what's an immediate need. Two, quit pulling out extra cash or keeping a cushion. Three, budgeting. Four, planning ahead. Your time, the weekend events, meal planning, just plan. Five, communication. Six, logging into your accounts and seeing the real numbers often. Seven, automation. We automated all the bills possible. What else could be automated in our lives? Eight. Having multiple savings accounts. One for each goal so that the lines are clear. 9. Decluttering. This worked for my home, my finances, and my mind. 10. Free fun. Realizing we don't need to pay money to enjoy family time together. 11. You ain't fancy. When it comes to spending your money, check yourself before you wreck yourself. 12. Blindly paying the bills. Learn to negotiate, shop for deals, and use coupons. Okay, Mama. There you have it. All 12 momentum-forming habits. Every one of these made a massive difference in the way our family operates, how I feel on a day-to-day basis, and how our finances look. Now, remember... Don't try to implement everything at once. Trust me, you'll be setting yourself up for failure. Pick one or two of these things that you think will make the biggest difference and spend time implementing and practicing it. Only when you've got those couple of things working well should you consider implementing more. Also, realize that any time you make changes or implement something new, you're going to get pushback either internally or externally. Give yourself the grace just to try consistently over and over again. Tweak and revise until the struggle you felt, the reason you implemented one of these habits, has been impacted. Before you go, I want to thank you for being here with me for these first couple episodes and my podcast launch. If you know me, you know I don't just do things for the heck of it. I created this podcast so that I can reach and help change mama's lives. So I've decided that on November 22nd, 2019, I'll be doing a drawing for a free $50 Amazon gift card. I invite you to click on the link in your iTunes app and provide a rating and review for this podcast. In doing so, you'll be entered to win. Getting ratings and reviews helps me climb the charts in iTunes. The higher this show is ranked, the more likely mamas will find it, and the more beautiful lives can be positively impacted. So, help me reach my goal of 50 reviews in 50 days, and you might just win 50 bucks. Alright, mama. Thank you again for being here with me today. I really, truly believe we can have it all through intention, consistency, And always trying to be present in the moment. This week, edge a little closer to reaching abundance by seeing which of these habits you may be able to implement for your family and your finances, and then taking the time to set it up, tweak, and practice until it becomes your new normal. Don't forget to check out the show notes where you'll find the links to and the summary of everything we talked about here. I look forward to talking with you again next time.